Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt. It's a good it's a good Saturday right now while we're recording it because Zach Wilson is back under center. Um, would you have taken one and two, Mike, through three games with Joe Flacco? You would have taken one and two. You would have liked to establish more of an identity on right. both offense and defense, but you would have taken one and two. It's interesting because it's a it's a good case study to find out the outcome is fine, but it's the way you get to that outcome is the problem. It's like when your teacher gets mad at you for getting the answer right and you don't show your work or do an effective job. That's how the Jets play for their two losses and for really 55 minutes against the Browns. And people count the Browns game as like a wash. The offense did a lot of really good things in that game. The problem is the defense went belly up and eight-minute drives consistently. And we were both at the game against the Bengals. Um, again, great tailgate, getting very excited for the game. And one of those killer you know, long drives to start the game. They finally first, you know, force a first half turnover, and then they just still can't execute in all three phases and play competent football. Yeah, the the Jets are ninth in the league in offensive yards gained. So, you know, you don't want to look too much at the stats because a lot of the time the Jets have been trailing. But I, just watching the games, it feels like the Jets are going to score. It feels like they're going to move the ball down the field. There's a ton of weapons. Oh, there's really loud thunder behind me. Um, and they're going to score. So, you, you know, you, you want to throw it to Garrett Wilson? Sure. You want to throw it to Elijah Moore? Please. Here, though, look, there's Corey Davis, your, you know, your big free agent acquisition. Oh, here's two tight ends that you signed last year. And Conklin's been effective, even though he fumbled a couple of times. Uzama, not so much. You want to give it to one of our two young, awesome running backs? Go ahead. So, the offense is cool. I have no problem with the way LaFleur has been calling the game so far. Um, I was in a Twitter space and some guy was angry. That was, you know, LaFleur throwing the ball too much. You know, obviously the Jets have been down in all three of these games. So, and there hasn't been really a chance to elongate the game. The Ravens game, there was the most chance. The Jets, I think, forced three straight punts to start the game. The Browns game, the Browns scored two straight long touchdown drives. The Jets are down 14 nothing. The Bengals scored a touchdown on their opening drive and uh, scored more points in the first quarter. So, I don't know. I have no issue with what's going on. Hopefully, they could run the ball against the Steelers and kind of, you know, get into a little bit of a rhythm. Yeah, I think the biggest problem for me is third down defense. You look at the Bengals game and you just had so many opportunities to get off the field. Dumb penalties. I don't even care if they're ticky-tack, right? Just don't put yourself in a situation to rough the passer. Calling you out, John Franklin Myers. It just always feels like our third down, when we get a little bit of pressure, quarterback gets out of the pocket, back end breaks down a bit, easy pass. If uh, on a very, Every third down, though, it doesn't feel like when we get pressure, the, the safeties get beat, the linebackers get beat, because DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner continue to have very good grade outs. Uh, the coolest thing about Sauce Gardner is zero penalties through three weeks, and a big knock on him was he's a physical specimen, but he can get grabby. Zero penalties for, for DJ Reed. Zero for Sauce Gardner, zero for Elijah Vera Tucker. So, like, I feel like the team is is playing strong football. And the big takeaway from this past week are two events on social media that I want to get your pick on. Which one's worse? Because Elijah Moore has been liking a few tweets about how they need to use them, him more, be more effective. Retweeted Connor Hughes, 
you know, I get it. It's three games. He does have a handful of targets. He got targeted 10 times last week, the most in the team, tied with Garrett Wilson. So, okay, Elijah Moore, a little upset. He wants to be used more. And then Quentin Williams with the dumb comment from Jeff Ulbrich saying that he might be gassed on third downs, and that's why he's being rotated out. So those two are like very small cracks that could, if you go one and five, lead to big cracks for this this entire locker room. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I don't want to hear the Elijah Moore diva stuff, you know, and that's this is me speaking against Elijah Moore. If he's going to like bullshit tweets like that, if you have 10 targets in the game and you have what four catches, first of all, it's fine. And you have four catches for 49 yards. Second of all, go fuck yourself. And I love Elijah Moore, but it can't be another one of these Jamal Adams situations where it looks like the guy <clears throat> is the most selfless guy in the world, signing autographs, doing all this cool stuff, you know, any and then any kind of adversity hits and you want to be liking beat writers tweets about getting more targets. You know, if that's the case, then go fuck yourself. If not, and he just wants a couple more targets, he wants to help the team win. He's a great guy. Do not go fuck yourself. Right. If you take Continue this clip, to, yeah. To if you take this yourself. clip five weeks from now and, and Elijah Moore is getting his 10 targets per game, he's playing well. It's not a, it's a non-story. But five weeks from now, we're hearing, you know, the same thing. It it's a retweet from Connor Hughes about being targeted more. That's fine. It's not the end of the world, but we've seen before how that can lead to a slippery slope. And then Quinn Williams retweeting um Paul's tweet, the what's Paul's last name? Edson. Yeah, he retweets his tweet about how he was in the best shape of his entire career. And that was like three months ago he tweeted that. So it's like little petty stuff. Like we got to clean it up and everything no, gets solved. The pettiness. Like, right. I, and, and it goes against what, what you know, we could say all we want about Robert Sala and the X's and O's, blah, blah, blah. He's done a great job with the culture of this locker room. Everyone the whole offseason is going to games together. They're flying around the country, throwing the ball to each other. Hey, we're going to be a leader. We're going to be this. We're going to be that. If your defensive coordinator comes out and says something stupid after, you know, a frustrating three games where you're still one and two, you don't have to go on Twitter and like some bullshit. You don't have to do it. It doesn't always have to be against the coaches. And Ulbrich is wrong. <clears throat> and he's an asshole. And that's fine. But Quinn Williams, if you're a leader of this team, why are you on Twitter liking petty bullshit? Go talk to Ulbrich on the side. Go yeah. talk to your teammates. Have a defensive players only meeting if you have to. This is unnecessary. And I'm glad what Robert Sala said. He defended Quinn he said Quinn is in the best shape of his life. And then he defended Ulbrich. He said, you know, it's BS that you take this quote out of context and use it against Jeff, even though to be clear, Jeff Ulbrich is a moron and I'm not in support of what he said, but that that's the, the, what you're supposed to do as the head coach in that situation. So enough of this diva, selfish bullshit NFL player nonsense. Let's stick together, win a football game on Sunday. Elijah Moore still in pace for 120 targets. Quinn and Williams still having a good season. So enough. I, I don't want it to become about individual players. Like you see, look in, look in Carolina with DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. These weird quotes are circulating. Then DJ Moore gets asked about it. He's smiling, answering the questions like a smug dick. <laughs> Both sides are wrong. So, <clears throat> you know, you're going to get these weird questions. You're going to deal with some adversity. The answer is not to be selfish and say, oh, what was me? I should get more targets. Oh, what was me? I should be on the field more if I'm Quinnen. No, we're going to win football games. We're here to win football games for the New York Jets. That's it. End the story. I agree. Absolutely. Also, Elijah Moore, it's, you know, he's in year two. He's played 14 games probably total. Let's, we're good. Quinnen might be a little more fire. He wants to play more. I'm fine with all of it. I, I don't, my problem is the pettiness then can't lead to like 
trade request in week eight and nine for Quinnen. Because that is like if, if the Jets are two and seven, that is a very real situation. And the Robert Sala doesn't deserve that the way he built this locker room. He doesn't deserve for, for guys to fraction off and for that to happen. Not that that's happening. So until that happens, I'm not going to. Even Quinnen's like, though, he was on Salah's team for one year, and then he likes to tweet in the summer about the rotation, how it doesn't work. And we hate the rotation, but once you're in the locker room, you have to buy in and we have to figure it out. But the the tricky thing is with Salah, and I'm fine with the comments he had regarding defending Quinnen and the coach, right? The biggest problem I had by far was the presser on Monday. It was the single, I think, worst quote he's ever had as a coach and it probably went a bit under the radar but him talking about the miscommunication and having to dumb down the defense a bit and there might be too many calls you have a full offseason program to lock that down and if your defense your scheme is too complicated enough and it's causing miscommunications that a defensive captain needs to tell you after three weeks we need a player only meeting or a team meeting all that needs to be figured out before the season. It can't happen week three. And it's, it is a huge indictment on the coaching staff. The single worst thing I think could have happened is saying, yeah, we're too complex on defense. Need to dumb it down a bit. It's our fault. How does that happen? I completely agree with you. I, I didn't hate Salah's receipts comments as much as everybody else. I thought, I thought that was actually a good comment. Look, you think we're going to lose? We're going to win. Fuck you. Here's he wasn't really talking whole, about the fans receipts. either. I think the fans thought they were like he was talking directly to negative fans. Maybe they're a portion of it, but he was really talking about like the media and the whole exactly the whole world. So take it like people that overreact to that. Completely agree. Um, I disagree with a lot of what he said. Um, but but look, if if he wants to make a comment, you know, hey, we're unlucky in this facet, we're this and that. People don't like to hear that. I don't hate it. You know, he's being honest. Whatever this comment, I agree with you. I do. I do not agree with. Um, and uh, it's just it's just one of those things where I, it's it's not productive. And um, if you're going to, you know, make excuses for your own scheme is the issue. Right. So if, if there are external factors like the you get a couple of bad penalties against you, there's a you know, there's a, a fumble here or there. That's a little bit fluky, a tip ball, something that you say, hey, look, we're executing. But so and so went wrong. If you're saying that we can't understand, you know two times it has to be the same blown coverage in three games for a wide open touchdown. That's on you. That's not an excused play. Yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, obviously we, we were, we had a good angle to that touchdown, the breakdown. Um, and we saw Jamar Chase be wide open on that play yeah. and the communication gap. Um, it's the same we're play in, as the, the, the Amari Cooper touchdown. Exact same, same play. And we're going to get more positive, right? When we go in, we, we are a positive podcast, but we just need to call a spade a spade. Some things are not going great right now. The well, safety Matt, speaking play. Of, speaking of positive, yeah. how about this? And I was, I was, you know, playing around on Twitter with this, but the Dolphins lost on Thursday. <laughs> and, you know, two is all right. Happy that two is all right. Yeah. Dolphins lost on Thursday. The Bills play in Baltimore against the red-hot Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And the Jets playing against Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers in Pittsburgh. If the Bills lose that game and the Jets beat the Steelers, week five, the three-and-one Dolphins with their backup quarterback come to MetLife against two-and-two Jets and Zach Wilson for a battle for first place. I love how people reply to that. And they're like, Mike, you're being insane. And it's it's like a very common thing. You already hit one of them, and the other two are like inside of like a three-point spread. Like it's very <laughs> common to hit that. Yeah. yeah. 
the two injury it was, it was scary right and look people i think like jets twitter out of all fan bases like like really go at Tua, like very much and at the end of the day he's 16 and 9 as a starter so like he wins football games he he maybe he's not special enough to take a team from being pretty good to a super bowl contender but they start the year 3-0 Right, they they lose after he goes down. I I'm I don't love that too is in the division, but I'm not afraid to play him any Sunday. I think that's like the the right. right. It's a middle ground for him. Um, but Mike, I I feel like the corners are good. Our D line will have to get pressure. We love our skill possessions on offense, and we have our young prize possession of a billion dollar franchise coming back on Sunday. So the the season is not even close to being over. Even right, given a tough loss to Pittsburgh, given if we lose. You had it earlier. You're saying 27, 24 in overtime, or something happens. Yeah, look, there's still momentum going to Miami with their backup quarterback. Like to, to call this game a must-win is is a product of the last couple of years the Jets being playing very poorly. Um, and could, because if you lose 27, 24 in overtime, like shit happens, and that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that I was talking about before, which Salah probably shouldn't say anyway, but. If there were to be a quote unquote excuse, you know, stuff happens and you lose a close game, the ball bounces a certain way. It's football. You can't lose this game by 15 points, you know. Um, but look, you want to enjoy a season as much as possible. If the Jets don't literally win the Super Bowl, there's always room for people to say same old Jets. And that goes for any team, you know. So mm-hmm. even if the Jets, you know, have a miracle season and lose a tough game in the divisional round. You say, oh, man, like, of course, the Jets you know, couldn't win that playoff game, whatever. Anyone could say that unless you actually win the Super Bowl. So you might as well find ways to enjoy the season. This is an important game. You're one and two. You're playing a winnable team on the road without their best player. Let's fucking go and let's set it up. And then you got the Dolphins with their back with quarterback. I agree it's not a must win. And I really thought week two was a must win. I, I truly believe that at the time. Because if they didn't beat the Browns, I, I truly did not think the Bengals was a winnable game at the time, especially that they were 0-2. It's very nerve-wracking to go you know, play them. So then you're 0-3 at Pittsburgh. So like the, the way that would unfold, not winning that game, really causes everything to change. So, yeah, I agree not a must win game today or tomorrow. Um and yeah, Mitch Trubisky, the only memory I have of playing him is just the 2018 game where we had no wide receivers and Tariq Cohen had like an 80-yard screenplay. And yeah, like, the game. that was a brutal game we watched for the, at your house. But overall... Chris had a cool touchdown in that game. Yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> that was when he had like the three touchdown game streak, like the Vikings. The Bears. Vikings, yeah. I that don't know. Game. Yeah, you're right. I the, think... The, the receivers that game were Jermaine Curse. Um, the fuck? Who's the guy? Richard Matthews. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's disgusting. Someone else insane. So what's happening at tackle this week? Like I don't like Mitchell plugged in at right tackle. Like, is, is Connor McDermott actually gonna start a left tackle? Like, what, what are we are so, they gonna take one of the well, guys that they claim? Well, the Jets signed Mike Remmers, but from all accounts, it seems like it's gonna be McDermott at left tackle, which is <laughs> terrifying. Cause they have that high Smith guy, the Steelers still. Of course, they still have Cam Hayward. Um, I mean I figured when they signed Remmers, the the veteran tackle, that he might start this week, but I guess not. And then you're going to get Dwayne Brown back next week. I wonder what's going to happen going forward. Is Mitchell going to continue to start? I would imagine he would because he's mm-hmm. playing well. I think this week, but that, that's the answer. It's just yeah. going to be Mitchell and McDermott, which is you got to get the run game going. Zach's got to be a little mobile. You know, they said he's going to be 110% when he comes back. 
they waited, you know, it looked like he was practicing two weeks ago. So they waited till now. Uh, I'm expecting, you know, full capability. I don't want him yeah. to get hit or run, but he could move out of the pocket. It's weird because I, I feel as if, and, and keep me honest here, I feel like the Jets defense when Zach Wilson was playing last year excelled in games that he played in. Um, so the stretch of the games we talk about, like the Bengals, the Colts, the Bills, like those, the Dolphins, they, the gave, Patriots. Up a com- yeah, they gave up a combined like 150 points in five games. Right, they were averaging like 30 <laughs> points per game, right? They were giving well, up. The Patriots had 54 and the Bills like 45. Right. 45. So, so it was it was brutal. But I, I felt like think of like the early half of the game, like the Falcons game where the defense kept them in it, or like some Carolina they kept it in it. Even the end of the year, they played well against the Buccaneers, Jaguars, Houston. So it's like I don't know. There's it's it's probably just a coincidence, but like maybe Zach being out there just gives this team a bit more life. Defense plays better, and Zach just hits the open skill guys. So who on the Pittsburgh Steelers scares me? TJ Watt not playing. Who else on the team? I'm like Binka Fitzpatrick. Who, who am I waking up on Sunday and I'm like, I'm afraid of playing X, Y, and Z. If I'm a Steelers fan, I'm like, oh fuck, we have to cover three wide receivers, two tight ends, two running backs, and they have a good secondary outside of safety, which is half a secondary. But still, t- how am I afraid of the Steelers right now? Yeah, look, Joe Flacco threw as many touchdowns in the last minute and 40 seconds of that Browns game as Mitch Trubisky has all season. Not so, wrong. You know, I'm not scared of this team either. Najee Harris is a good player, but he's not the kind of guy that's going to have an 85 yard touchdown run. Uh, you know, Deontay Johnson, another good player, but he's more of a possession kind of dude. Claypool, he's just going to make a TikTok on the field. I'm not nervous. I'm not worried about this game. Not that I'm saying the Jets are going to absolutely win, whatever, but this is a winnable football game. Um, and it's a good, I think there's a really good matchup for the Jets. I think the Jets have the six. I don't think the Jets do have the six rank run defense in football. Najee Harris would be the biggest probably problem for the team. You could match up against those two receivers with your with DJ Reed and Sauce. Uh, you think Corey Davis, excuse me, CJ Mosley will have will be able to cover Fryermuth. And then the Steelers defense has been good, but they're missing their best guy, like you said. So you know, I, I'm I'm excited for this kind of game where it feels like there's going to be a lot of possessions. There's going to be um, a lot of chances for the Jets, you know, as opposed to a game like think about the Browns game. The Jets only had like six possessions going into those last two miracle possessions because the Browns and Jets would just go up and down the field and score touchdowns. Yeah, they take long elongated drives. I'm looking forward to the Jets defense and some complimentary football, but really it starts with the defense. Let let Lafleur call the game that he wants to call. We cannot be down ten nothing in this game before we blink an eye and make Zach Wilson throw the ball forty times. Just can't happen this week. Yeah, I and you're right. The also the Bengals game would bother me. We were in our seats and we were kind of like thinking about leaving and are they gonna come back? The defense gave like an eight minute drive where they knew the Bengals had to run the football and they just gave up an eight minute drive and kept giving up second down, first downs. Yeah. Third down to run for a first down. First down, they get 10 yards for it. Like it was unbelievable. And they had the Bengals have an improved offensive line on paper, but they've been garbage this year. Joe Mixon's averaging 3.2 yards per carry and they let up 17 sacks in four games. Yeah, the, the, I was beat up because it's, it's it's a cold game. You're you wake up at 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. You're at the stadium. You come home, and I was mad. So I fired off a few tweets that night, and a few people DM me. They're like, you're the positive guy. What happened? And the two tweets that stuck out to me, since week 13 of 2019, the Raiders, we won 34-3, I think, or 34. Yep. We 34-3. We, we dominated the game. 
Brian beginning to end, and we had a, a true win. And I hate Adam Gase. I'm not even comparing him to Salah. I think that's still unfair. I think he's the single worst human being ever. But he won two to three games in his tenure by like 15, 20 points where they commanded the game and dominated, right? It, it can happen. Normal yeah. football teams, Todd Bowles teams, some games in 2016, the Jets led wire to wire and didn't have to win by three points in a down year. That can 20, happen. 2017, 2018, think about it. We've won 2018. Yeah, games games like that can happen with yeah. like our yeah, Andre Roberts is getting meaningful targets. Like, what are we doing here? And what was problematic is since that game, week 13 of 2019, the Jets have lost by two possessions or more 22 times. They have won zero games by two possessions since 2019, week 13. So that is disturbing. And this stat is kind of the same realm of it, but 20 games coached by Salah. 19 if you count the Middleton game, whatever. But in 20 games with his staff, in their five wins, they win by an average of 3.8 points. So give or take a field goal. In their 15 losses, they lose by an average of 16 points. How is that even possible? It's like, um, yeah, it doesn't feel right. It. I was talking to you the other day about it. It feels like when the Jets win some of these games in the in the recent years, it's like a lot of random stuff happens. There are definitely some some really great plays from the Jets. You know, you think of the Mike White game and Zach Tennessee game, but it just feels like a lot of stuff happens and the Jets pull out a crazy win at the end and those stats back it up or, you know, they lose a the game. It's just a, a beat down. And that's yeah. just a lack. It's a lack of identity on both sides of the football. And the thing that scares me is the team is built now the way Joe Douglas wants it to be built meaning that the Jets have the most expensive defensive line in football mm-hmm. and the Jets have the second most expensive offensive line in football. If those two units don't play at a dominant level, is this going to continue to happen? Now, one, I think both units will wake up, especially the offensive line, when they get you know Dwayne Brown back. That'll mm-hmm. be huge. And number two, the defensive line, it just got to be better. It just has to be better across the board. Rotation or not, there are still eight, nine guys deep that can play. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like we are complaining about the rotation, rightfully so. But if they bring in a Jacob Martin or if Bryce Huff ever plays or Jermaine Johnson comes in the game or, you know, Michael Clemens comes in the game, Sheldon Rankins, these are all real guys who can contribute and they should. And it just hasn't worked out so far. Yeah. And I hate they use it a lot last year and I get it. They had a young team, right? But there again, this year, we have a young team. You're 20 games in, and your veterans, your young guys are the ones that are actually comp- like playing good football. AVT, young guy dominating. Match Mitchell, young guy playing really well. Carter, Hall, Wilson. Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall lead the team in, uh, in scrimmage yards. One and two. Right. And here's why I don't care about a young team or a new staff. Miami, brand new staff. Started out 3-0, they're 3-1. All right. Jacksonville, new staff. We were making fun of it. We don't think the Jaguars have a great roster. They spent all that money in free agency. Two and one. New staff. Nice wins, too. Even Denver, who arguably has been an embarrassment of a coaching staff, time management, everything. Everyone's calling them a dumpster fire. They're two and one. Yep. Um, like, whatever. Who cares? Look at a new staff in Minnesota. Two and one. Minnesota. The Joe new Biden staff in Chicago. Or not a new, but Chicago, right? Two and one. Yeah. All these teams, Giants, two and one. These teams well, and one that, of those one of those teams gonna be three and one. The Giants play the Bears. Yes. 
So it's like these new staffs or young teams or brand new staffs that are year one or year two, they are all showing that they can win football games and win them by a lot. The Jaguars kicked the shit out of two teams now. Twice, good teams. So Doug Peterson's allowed to get two double-digit score wins, and we're not. Can you tell me the, the Jaguars are being the Colts by 24 and the Chargers by 28? You know, it's very impressive. And now they can go eat some ice cream. I know Doug Peterson loves ice cream. So, yeah, so what I want from the Steelers game, give me a signature win. Every signature win, the five wins, you're right. Weird things happen. Tennessee game, we had that overtime miss kick. We probably should have tied that game. Mm-hmm. Throwing bombs came back. Cool. Mike White game, just a, an unbelievable, weird performance. We were so getting two-point confusions and trick plays. Um, the Jaguars going to show loss also. Jaguars game. I think if, they actually, we, we always say, like, there was, we think, I think it was um, Treadwell. Like caught a touchdown at the end of the game, and they just didn't review it. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. the Jaguars. And Trevor Lawrence puts his head down, goes for it, and tries to win it. They win, or he yeah. had four chances from the one. They I didn't guess get the it. Te- the Texans game, he kind of they were st- they were losing in that game, and we had to convert back. a fourth down to win it. Like that was it was. Yeah. Like, what was yeah. the fifth win? I'm trying to think. What the this, that was the Browns <laughs> game is insane. Yeah. I mean the the Mike White game and the the Browns game were like two of the most insane games of all time. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But they could have won the Bucks game, I guess. But still, it's not a. That might have been the most complete game they played. You know, and they lost. I was yeah. thinking when you brought up Andre Roberts, I think he has to have the second worst nose in Jets history. <laughs> you know, number one, Ficken. Yes, Sam Ficken. Love Ficken. <laughs> we have a kicker. Forgot to mention Greg Zerline going four for four and dominant. Well, that's the other thing too. With the with the Jeff fan base is, is just I don't I get it, but they're being insane. This year has been hilarious. Uh, just an example of that is week one, Zerline goes one for two on kicks and missed an extra point. People are like, This is insane. Everyone's tweeting out there's like there's eight kickers around the league. <laughs> it's like Zerline's a good kicker. It's you already missed. Is it our fault? Because I feel like when we joined Twitter two and a half years ago, we became so extreme and hyperbolic and a lot of times positive, but like 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 MVP season incoming for Zach Wilson when he like <laughs> didn't play a snap. Like we are so over the top that when bad things happen, people like have taken that and then just do it, but they mean it. And we're like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, I get it. Greg Zerline. Were we happy he missed an extra point in the kick? No, we were fucking pissed. But we didn't want to cut him after one week. No. It's not like Kerry Vidvik, a guy that we just stole from the Ravens and never kicked the ball in his life. Greg Zerline has kicked meaningful games for a, yeah. a decade now. Yeah, because that was the thing. People were like, get a get an established kicker. And then they just get an established kicker. You know, of yeah. course, yeah. he hurt. He really hurt us in week one. That missed field goal at the end of the first half, kill the Jets. But Give me yeah. your final predictions before we wrap up. For this week, I think the Jets are going to beat the shit out of the Steelers. I'm back. The defense is flying around. Too many guys on offense. Like you said, the Jets are going to play inspired football with Zach Wilson. I think the Jets win 28-14. to 14. I like it. Give me 27-13. Very uh, original prediction. What did you say? 28-14? <laughs> yeah. 27-13. We're, we're, uh, I will promise one thing. If the Jets get up to a two-score lead and they bench Trubisky and Kenny Pickett comes in for a comeback win and wins, I will set myself on fire yep. live on YouTube. On it YouTube. Happen again. The fucking same thing with the Browns in yep. 2018. I, I, when Tyra Taylor got hurt, people were legitimately, I remember on Twitter, like, 
wow, like this game is pretty much cooked because like Baker's so like no time with the ones like that he's got to get like brand new. And we get he's the first overall pick. I'm like, why would you want to inject life into this crowd? It was the first game they won in like 20 games. And that they had the Bud disaster. Lights and they it was horrible. That was the Isaiah Crowell wiping his ass game where he had two touchdowns early. Yeah. And we played uh, three games in 10 days. It's to start Darnold's career. Monday night, Sunday, Thursday. Yeah, we went to that home opener on that Sunday. That was the Dolphins game. Darnold he threw for 300 three. yards. It was so cool. Bilal Powell had that touchdown to open the second half. I think we lost yeah. 20 to 6. There's a picture of us that game that is so funny. The week before, the Jets, to open Darnold's career in 2018, the Jets beat the Lions when it was like 48 to 17. And we're smoking cigars in my backyard. And there's just insane pictures of us like we won the Super Bowl. And then the next week, us coming back from the Dolphins game in someone's car, just like hammered, upset. Such a good contrast. I wish I could tweet it, but you have to hide your identity. It was brutal. It was <clears> brutal. <throat> and it was so funny. I remember like leaving that game and be like, at least we saw Sam Darnold's first home touchdown. If that means fucking anything, like it doesn't <laughs> obviously doesn't mean anything. We took a picture also the week one. Me, you, and my dad wearing like our Darnold shirts. We're in like, we're gonna lot. take this picture again in twenty years. <laughs> See. Our we tailgated with our buddy John, and I don't know if he listens to it, but it was so funny. I was about to make a comment of like, I hate when people wear players' uniforms that aren't on the team anymore. Like, don't wear a Jamal Adams shirt. I was like about to make that comment. I looked down; he's wearing fourteen. And I'm like, <laughs> maybe it's a Greg Zerland jersey, right? I was like, right. I actually do wear a lot of old jerseys. But probably like older, like I'll wear a Sanchez or I'll wear my Chris Ivory. You can wear a Chris Johnson, like that's fine. But it feels like when you have like a like a Jamal Adams, it's too recent. It's too recent. Yeah. Right. In a few years, I'll start pulling out my Sam again. I don't want to, you know, make Zach jealous or get any any kind of feelings. You don't want bad vibes. If if you made it this far, BroadwayJets.com, <laughs> brand new Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson NBA Jam shirt and hoodie yeah. dropped i ex- i expressed my shipping um just Did because I paid seven extra dollars because if it comes in it's not good quality i can quickly pull it from the store <laughs> so more people <laughs> don't buy it um but yeah buy we're it. watching the game tomorrow yeah i'm a little under the weather but i just took a covet test let's see i don't think it's fun one line is good right i don't know how it works it says one with a minus sign maybe i'm pregnant <laughs> So, All right, Mike. My dad good and I are coming to over tomorrow. Yeah, let's do it. Sounds like a plan. All right, buddy. Good talking to you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Also, one more thing. Yeah. Go, go read uh, Matt's article on X Factor. Uh, yeah. NYJ Matt. Matt and YJ. Matt and YJ. Don't, don't let your kid grow up a Giant fan. Don't let him grow up a Patriot fan. I Robbie did edit a lot of like jokes or curse words out, which is fine, Robbie. I get it. It's your site. Come on, Robbie. There's no the, shot Robbie's still listening. No, but the, Robbie. The, <laughs> the next blog I write, which hopefully comes out Monday, a spoiler if you made it this far, it's going to be how the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand led to the Jets hiring Adam Gase. And it is a, like, <laughs> it so is, good. it's a true, it actually, I'm going to write in the blog, like, this is like a joke, but it, it's 100% true. Did, like, the, uh, did he, like, did he say okay? No, Robbie didn't answer. <laughs> He's so a, good, he, he is he hates that he knows we're a ticking time bomb and at any minute we're just gonna get like the entire Jets X Factor site shut down. Yeah, let's get Robbie canceled. 
I'm gonna text him. Oh, sorry, wrong, uh, wrong chat. All right, Mike. See you, pal. All right, buddy. Bye.